You got your mama's sunshine. You got your daddy's rain. You're like a piece of heaven in a hurricane. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's podcast. I am Josh Vietti. I'm here with my friend Tom Touchstone, Pastor Tom, my dad, Pastor Ron Vietti, my best friend Vince Sierra. Kind of like family here. And uh, this is the family table. You know, the only thing that's missing is the turkey and the mashed potatoes, right? Why don't we have Ooh, don't talk about that. I came off a three-day fast. (laughs) Don't talk about food. I know what you know. What's funny is I was thinking about uh, all the all the good food that you eat on Thanksgiving. Why is that a once a year thing? Why do you only make turkeys once a year? Right? That's a good question. Really I'd, be I'd be for doing Let's it do all a podcast on food. that. So that's your first mind blow for yeah. the for the for the podcast. Uh, but today we're going to talk about marriage. Yeah. Right? We're going to talk about marriage, and uh, I'm no expert, but I have a few things to talk about. But but mostly these guys, the, these two gentlemen here, Pastor Tom, Pastor Ron. They've been married for uh, how long? Have you been married? I've Tom? been married almost thirty years. Okay, this um, May. Wow, it's a good chunk. Congrats! Almost fifty-four years. That's, That's so awesome. Even a bigger chunk. Vince, how long have you been married? Eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah, going on nineteen this I'm, year. And I'm one one year behind you. Can, can I and, say uh, this? Um, I've had a failed marriage, mm. so it gives me. I, I don't mind saying that because I got a lot of experience on that side of it. That's good. I do. I mean, honestly, it's 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 not a, <laughs> a blessing, but it gives me a little bit of inf- insight mm. on what a successful marriage needs and what a unsuccessful marriage needs. It needs Christ. Mm. Mm. And, and we don't, uh, just so you guys know, we don't want to be preachy, but we do believe in God yes, and we do right. believe in Jesus. Right. Um, and so when we talk about our faith, uh, we just want you to understand this is coming from a very sincere place. We're not trying to preach. We're not trying to, no. to, to tell you what to do or how to believe. We just want to tell you, you know, how uh, our experience has been. And um, I, I know in my experience of being married, there have been moments in my life where I hadn't put Christ first and, and, and my marriage suffered. And there have been moments in my life where I have, and uh, fortunately more of those moments. Um, and and my, my, my wife and I have gotten closer than ever. And so uh, there is a difference when you have faith or when you even have a, a basis to, to base your marriage on, period, really? right? Well, you know, can I say something Foundation. So, so we don't lose some of our audience? If you're single out there, you probably need to listen to this message more than people that are married because you can go into it correctly. Wouldn't you say, Pastor? I mean, you've always said that. You know, those single people need to hear things because premarital is really just for post-marriage problems. Well, you know what? It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. Mm. He built it before it rained. And so single people would do well for them to really listen. Plus... when you work on yourself individually, it also helps your marriage. Yeah. And, and that's huge. That is well, huge. you know what? Let's start out because, you know, when I was in college, I had a philosophy class. And uh, the philosophy teacher uh, had us write a paper on our value system. And he, he really, really, uh, you know, insisted that we need a basis for our value system. And so... I wrote my paper, and I wrote it about the Bible, that the Bible is my basis for my value system. And he gave me an A-plus on the paper. And when he was discussing in class, he said, you know, like Ron Vietti, he bases his value system on the Bible. He said, now, I personally don't believe in that. That's not, I'm not a religious person. But you know what? He has a basis for his value system. Mm, and, and he said, I've given him an A for that. Well, going back, you know, marriage from our perspective, was, was, was God's idea. Mm-hmm. He came up with it. God gets pleasure out of marriage. And if God is the person who institutes marriage, 
if that's his plan for our lives, then it should be a successful marriage mm. because God doesn't plan anything that's not successful. And if God's in it, um, he's the third person. See, our marriage is not two people. It's made up of three. It's the both of us and God. And it says in the Bible that a, a cord of three cannot be easily broken. And so there's three of us. And so I wrote down, and I'd like to discuss these. Uh, there are five reasons that God, uh, I think, you know, came up and cre- with the idea of marriage and created marriage, five reasons. And let's just start uh, with number five, to keep us from being lonely. Mm. Uh, keep us from being lonely. Let me just read them off, then we can discuss them. To keep us from being lonely, uh, to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ, to perfect mm. our character. Mm. Number number three is to uh, give us the resources to adequately do ministry. Because, see, God gave Adam purpose in the garden, and that purpose was so big that one person couldn't do it. Mm. Had to have two. And then uh, the fourth one is to show the world... Um, Christ's image. That's probably the biggest one of all. He, he said, I've made marriage to show the world my relationship with my bride, which is the church. And then the fifth one is to uh, produce godly disciples mm. and put them into the world. Yes. So I, there might be more reasons, but those are five reasons why God created marriage. And, and I don't know if you want to talk about this. I got several things to say because we just did a marriage retreat uh, on the weekend. So... Uh, do you want to talk about those five things, what, the five reasons God created marriage? You know, Pastor, you're loaded for bear because you just came out yeah. with yeah. us. You know what I like to think about when I go through the Bible? I, I love the fact that God created all the animals first and gave Adam a task of naming them. Okay, tell me, oh, I like that. God gave Adam, now listen, everybody listen to this. God gave Adam responsibility yes. before he gave him a wife. Yes, and, 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 and I think as you're out there, and I do think that it, before you head into marriage, you need to be able to look and say, this is why I need it. And I, and I think, as God said, it's not good that man be alone. You know, and, and as I go into my marriage, I love my wife, Tiffany, and I'm, I'm so glad she said yes. Um, that, that, that men, when you come into a marriage, I think that's one of the biggest things is that your wife, and you've said it for years, Pastor Ron, that they're not our competitors, they're our completers. Yeah, amen. I, I mean, there's nothing to compete with, and I think that realize that, you know, and you get two people come together and they start fighting. But I think the, the, the big epiphany is when you realize that we've got to quit fighting each other. We've got to fight together for well, Tom, each Tom other. Tom said something, Josh, and let's open up a can of worms here, can we? Yes, please. Uh, it's not good for man to be alone. But the Bible teaches there are people who have the gift of singleness. Yes. Right. Okay. That doesn't mean that people with a gift of singleness don't need other people in their lives. Right. They still need other people in their yes. lives to be completed. And I was thinking today, and this this is going to be the can of worms right here, but, uh, you know, if you're a man or a woman and you have the gift of singleness and you're, you're not going to be married, or let's say you've already done the marriage thing and now you're not anymore, you still need community. Right. Yes. And so I would encourage you, go find a best friend. Right. Yeah. Go find a best friend. And, 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 and as best friends, you know, and here's the part. You can even... Get a house together if you want, if you're right. best friends. We have this phrase, friends with benefits. That's wrong. Yes. It's against our value system. What about friends without benefits, F-W-O-B? Mm-hmm. Why, can't, why can't two guys that have gifts of singleness live together as friends? No sexuality at all. Right. 
and just be friends. Yep. Just a thought. I know I'm going down a rabbit hole well, there. But, but, Pastor, but I think it's, we all need yeah. community well, we don't and have need to, people close right, to just us. Just because you have a friend, you don't have to sexualize a thing. I think that's don't. what we've done as a com- no. you know, as um, as a whole in our in our world is we want if two guys live together or two girls live, it's like well we want to sexualize it or name it something right but two guys, stereotype it stereotype it but we should be able to have that freedom say hey two guys can and if they want to well, buy a house together and live together and they want to be single then go for it but Do you your know thing. but you know let, let's even uh, apply it to a heterosexual couple because i think you're right pastor you have to be your friends before you're uh, married because that's going to take some of those qualities but even if you have a girl that you want to be a roommate with have it Friends without benefits. What's wrong with it? What's wrong? Be- There's nothing be- wrong with it. Because It'll it- drive the church crazy. Be- right. Because so, you say, you two live together? It, 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 <laughs> it, 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 can't we say it's intimacy that crosses the line? Yeah, it does. It, it, it is. It does. Either out of marriage. Let me take this. <laughs> Josh is getting nervous over here. <laughs> let me just go. Let me go at this. He's from a the different... one that usually steps over the line. Let yeah. me go at this from a different angle so yeah. that we don't lose. So we don't lose people. Um, <laughs> when you get when you turn 16, you you have an opportunity in America to what? Get a driver's license. Right? Yeah. And that's a huge responsibility. And you have to show responsibility, like you said, yeah, before you get that driver's license. And if you have a driver's license, that enables you to what? Work, go to school, drive, go around, experience yeah. new things, right? So why is it that we don't value marriage as much as we do having a driver's license or having kids as much as we do a driver's license? Right. I understand it has to do with if you don't have a driver's license, you can you, you won't know how to drive and you'll be you'll be a, a, a menace to society. Right. You'll run over people or whatever. Right. But mm-hmm. but um, when you have kids out of out of the right the right sphere of responsibility. Right. Um, isn't that more dangerous? I mean, you are right. That, that's I always, super dangerous. Dude. I always like, laugh because uh, when we've had our first kid, Huntington, um, you know, he's he's gonna drive this year. When they, when we first had him, like, wait, there's not like a book that we have. There's no we don't have to sign a paper when we leave the hospital. Like, they're not gonna <laughs> give us instructions like how to keep this baby alive. Like, there's no instruction at all. They just like, okay, right. here's your kid. There you, you go. Know, Some you people think you should have to have a license to have a kid. Yeah, um, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> they give you a kid. The kid turns orange in, on day five, right? And then um, you're like, what do I do? What do, what I, do I do? The kid's yeah. turning yellow, orange, right. whatever it is. Yeah. They're like, oh, that's jaundice. That's because you're not feeding them as much. Who told me how much to feed the kid? Right, right, right. right. They're not talking to right. me, right? So you don't have a license to get married. You, you don't. I mean, I mean they, you do have a marriage license. Let me go back. But it's easy to get, right? You don't have to go through uh, major classes. classes. You don't have to have responsibility before. You just walk up to the courthouse and you get the paper. You do that, right? It's a commitment, but it's not not combined with education. That's the problem. And so I think that when when people find themselves in trouble, it's because they didn't have the proper education before they made the choice to get married. Right. Like, why are you getting married? Oh, tax reasons. Or, you know, maybe you're not getting married because of tax reasons. I don't know what your financial situation is. But we all have, in our society, there's all these different mindsets and all these different things. But but I think that we forget that marriage, first and foremost, is a partnership. Yeah, And, and to go back with the yes, guys yes. living with guys and girls living with girls, that could be a partnership as well. Also. And so, like, you, you, uh, you we wrote down... We need other people in our lives. You wrote down these, uh, these five things, right? Right, right. Um, one, battle loneliness. That could be for a single person mm-hmm. uh, and a single person. They could battle loneliness together. They could uh, perfect their character. The second thing, in Jesus, together. They could have a purposeful partnership right. together. They could show Christ um, uh, to the world together, right? And having kids, now you're probably not going to have kids with your friends, right? right? That would be weird. But, like, uh, you know, that's, that's a different thing. And the practical side, too. Let's say that I'm older, my wife dies, and I'm really lonely. 
Right. I see another guy lonely. I say, hey, come and live with me. Let's live together. We can get up at two in the morning and go out with a spotlight and shoot things so, up here in the ranch. So you know, that'd be right. fun. I think right. we got, we, you know, we're. Right. So I, I think your point is to, to clear it up for people is that God created us to live in community. Yes. He did. And what that means, if you, if you open up the, the book of Acts, right? Acts chapter uh, two, three, four. If you start reading about the communities that, that started the church, those were tight knit communities. Right. They actually ate dinner together. They actually were in each other's homes daily, were, daily, every day. And daily. You know and you know what? I used to think, and this is terrible. Okay, <laughs> this is going to be the, the worst thing. Uh, this is the old me, though. This is going to be one of those podcasts. So go for That's it. That's fine. The old me was like, oh gosh, I don't want to have to sit down with people at dinner every night. <laughs> that that is, sounds terrible. That is the old you. Yeah. But the but the new version of me is like, oh man. How cool would that be for my family, my kids? Like when our families right. get together. Yeah. How cool is it yeah. when the kids are running around and they're bumping their heads on each other and they're fighting, but we're able to, to show them the right way to, to how handle many times? It, how know? many times, Josh, are you in a bad mood and somebody comes over or whatever and you got to go out and talk to them? And when you go out start talking, you, you come alive. You <laughs> go, whoa, every, I needed this. Pretty much every time my wife uh, plans a social event, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, great. But then afterwards, I'm like, I'm so thankful that yes. she did. Because I realize the value now of a yeah. Let me tell our audience something, our listeners out there, and the people who are viewing this, that very often you're, when you're Christians and you're serving God and you're you're fulfilling your purpose, very often the fight going on between you and your spouse in this big conflict is not even about you. It's about those little kids in the bedroom, yeah. because our enemy, our spiritual enemy, does not want them discipled into Christ's disciples. He wants to stop the flow. Yeah, and uh, and let's so let's talk about that for a second. Fighting uh, with your spouse. Okay. Um, we're we're all married here, and again, it applies to you if you're single and you have friendships as well. Relationships are relationships, but what happens when you start fighting with people daily? And you're and it's little things, right? The littlest things, the tiniest things, can uh, can just can just send you over the edge. What what's happening there? But, but you know, Josh, you, you never notice that when you're talking to people, and we do a lot of uh, relationship counseling, um, that that didn't just start overnight. It was a buildup. Those little things became the big things, you know. And 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 and, and as those things happen, I I think fights are preparation for uh, um, a bonding opportunity because you know mm. we're, we're 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 not fighting because we're imperfect people. We're fighting because we are imperfect people. We're getting to know the difference between each other. Mm. Tom, you're my feeder today, because really, in my experience of fifty three years of living and almost, I don't know how many years of ministry, no, 50, 72 years of living, I'm sorry, and about 50-some years of ministry, there's really no such thing as a marriage problem. Hmm. There are people problems. Hmm. And marriage doesn't create the problems, it reveals the problems. So uh, me, for for example, I was built up with anger from my dad and my, my raising. And when I got married... The marriage didn't cause me to be an angry person and jealous, going, Debbie, where are you going at? Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Where have you been? Uh, the anger was already in me, and the marriage revealed it. Mm. Uh, if you're a perfectionist, the marriage does not cause your, your problem. It doesn't even cause your lust. You had these problems before you came in the marriage, mm. and the marriage just revealed them and just brought them out. Mm. And, and it helps you to deal with them, too. Yeah. And I love what you've always said, because we get this question all the time. Do I have to go and get a marriage license? And we always say, obey the laws of the land, but make a commitment yeah. that's hard to get out of. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose stuff. You know, I, 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 
<laughs> I used to always uh, laugh when uh, the the joke was told. Why doesn't why does Ken have more stuff than Barbie? Yeah, <laughs> because after the divorce, Barbie gets his stuff, half his yeah. stuff. Yeah. But 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 it's, but but as you go in there, I think one of the biggest things that have always impacted me about God's commandment to Adam and Eve was they were naked and not ashamed. Because I think that's the beauty mm. of a marriage. And I always tell people in any type of relationship, you've got to be able to have people in your life that you share your hopes and dreams, mm. your struggles, your aspirations, your failures, your successes with, and not be condemned. And I think that is where <laughs> a marriage should be there with husband and wife. They should be able to share hopes and dreams. Because, you know, you've said it forever, Pastor. Yeah. You have to watch who you share your hopes and dreams with because yes. the wrong people will crush them. They'll crush them. Uh, the right people will feed mm-hmm. them. Yep. Uh, that Your wife might even go, well, that's kind of interesting. Like you and I were coming up here talking about the future. It, it's just like yeah. you've got to have people that will feed off of you and not condemn you for a something that may sound completely And, and Josh, you were talking bonkers. about conflicts. Your mother and I, and I teach this at marriage conferences, and... Uh, I even brought it up this weekend. Uh, we just had to practice this five days ago or four or five. We got into a pretty good conflict. And so I feel with my value system that I'm the leader of the home. A lot of people don't like that, but God has a hierarchy. He has a hierarchy, and it, it's very much all throughout the Bible, everywhere. When God wants to talk to somebody, sometimes he'll use a person in eldership position or the prophet and he'll move down to the other people, doesn't go straight to them. Um, but anyway, long story short, I've seen my role in marriage as the priest of the home. And so we were in a little conflict, and it was getting kind of bad. And so automatically I hear this voice that I've heard forever, go take care of it. Don't expect her to do it. You do it. You're the priest. And so this thing that I've taught the people at the marriage conference for years is we pray together. I say, Debbie, let's pray right now. And so the rules of this is, is that during the prayer, you cannot pray for the other person. Mm. You can only pray yeah. for you. Only huge, pray for you. Huge. So, for example, we did it five days ago. And I said, right now, Lord, I come to you, and we're, we're getting ready for a marriage retreat, and we got a pretty big conflict right here. And I just want to ask you to forgive me right now for being a jerk. I'm a jerk. And, Lord, I'm really sorry. She doesn't deserve a jerk anymore. She had a jerk the first 15 years of ministry. She doesn't deserve it. And then she prays. Um, now, even that's even true. Let's say we're in a conflict where it was caused 90% by my wife. I'm only 10% wrong. 90% of the conflict was caused by them. Mm-hmm. Still, when I go to prayer as the man, I go, my 10% is wrong. And I pray that I'm a jerk. I'm not doing this right. Mm-hmm. I never bring up hers. Okay? Now, that's the way the rules are. And once your wife sees you set that precedent, she sees you set that example of saying, I'm a jerk, and I'm just keeping it on me. I've really been wrong, God. I've been, I've been grumpy, grouchy. I'm displeasing you, and it's not fair to her. Once she sees that, it draws it out of her. She's okay, yeah. you know, God. My wife went on five days. She says, I'm wrong too, God. I, I really shot back at him, and I shouldn't have. And then you say amen. But if you get in the prayer and go, now, Lord, help my wife because she just doesn't understand. You're just making things worse. Right. So the rules are only pray for yourself. And we did that five days ago in, your, in answer to your question, you, how do we resolve conflict? And we really have the power to resolve, which is awesome. I think as guys, we, we can kill things a lot faster and say we can, you know, by just taking that responsibility. I think also fighting, one of the things we talked about in our session um, at the couples retreat was having a compass. Um, and that compass represents your foundation, what you're always going back to. 
And in that compass, we talked about under what the thing that keeps you um, on track, that keeps you moving in the position that you're going towards would be morals, values, purpose, um, and aligning up with those things. Because if you're moving in different directions, if you each hold your own compass, if you each hold your own thing and you're doing your own thing, you're always going to come back to a quarrel. You're going to want to go this way. Your spouse is going to want to go this way. Um, and you're going to be in constant um, disagreement and where you're at in your life and where you're at in your marriage. But if your compass, if your guys' values line up, if your compass lines up, then you'll be have common goals and morals, what you believe, what you let in your household, raising your kids, how to raise your kids, um, your purpose, what is important to us. For us, being at our kids' events, which you've allowed us to do, and being with our kids and being present is huge. Um, and so everything, when we get into a fight, we're able to go back to that compass and go, are we lined up? And if we're not, then we got to get lined Vince, up. Let's say, I heard this from a pastor acquaintance years ago. Let's say this house we're in here, we were going to build it. And your wife and you each had architectural plans, <laughs> but they didn't agree. And she started building from one side and you started building from the other. What would you have when you connected? Nothing. Nothing. It'd be a mess if you didn't have the same plans. Be well, an odd, odd, odd situation. Well, <laughs> you would probably, you would never have foundation. Is which what we're, you wouldn't have that great you, you know you would have you it would be offset and so you can't so that so for us that we talked about that compass mm. I think a lot of these fights are just because couples are unwilling to and, and I'm not saying in gen, but to sit down and say let's actually list these out in our in our That's session in our session we may, we had them list out we took a moment and said what is your compass what are the things that you line up on. So, and then there's going to be things you don't, and, and that's okay. So we're, uh, my wife and I are working right now, and uh, we've been doing this for a while. We're still working on it. But we've been, um, we've been taking tests and kind of honing down what our, what our core values are mm, as a couple. So good. And we've been asking our kids to chime in, even though they're little, three and six. They're tiny. They're little. They still have little values. They do. They still have things mm. that they see as important. Uh, Olive, you know, she's six. What's your value? Oh, I value family time. Okay. We're writing them down. I'm going to make a, uh, I do graphic design, so I'm fortunate, but I'm going to make like a little art, art thing, art project, and we're going to put it up in our house that shows our family values. That's so good. Because that's what we're building it on. Of course, God's at the center of that. And, um, you and, know, Josh, how many families never talk about their values? Oh, gosh. They never even talk about it. Right. Well, one thing I learned, again, I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be, uh, that guy just saying the same thing over and over again, but, you have to know your values, you even do. as an individual. Yep. You have to know, and not just I believe in God, right? But what do you believe about right. God? Like, how do you believe yes. about God? What, what, how does that affect your relationships? All these things. What do you actually <laughs> value in that? What's your purpose? What's important? Uh, what's to specific you? to yep. you, right? Yep. Um, and, and if you don't have that down, you're just gonna you're gonna be well, lost. Well, I, I love what Vince said about a compass, and I agree with it. I think I think it's a great analogy. I, I love what Pastor Ron said about a house. I built the house that I live in. And my builder came to me one time and says, Tom, you're going to have to um, step in because your wife keeps going to model homes. And my <laughs> eraser is starting yeah. to rub through. So I went to <laughs> Tiffany and I go, hey, you know, our builder wants to start building this house, but you got to quit going to model homes and changing the <laughs> plans. And, and so she goes, oh, she went to two more and we stuck with the plans that right. were in front of us. And I think as people stick with plans, it's super important. Compass, you can go do different, two different directions. My wife and I right now... You know, we used to be in the ministry together. She was over the school that we had at the church. I worked for the church, but we're so far apart now. I'm in the ministry, and my wife's the superintendent for a public school system. I mean, my wife comes home with problems that, you know, I'm not 
you know, I deal with them in, in the ministry, but she just dealt with them with employees and coworkers and things. So we have that compass when we come home that we're not <clears throat> going to let that affect her and I. You know, because we'll talk about something and go, well, at least we're not, you know, we can't let that affect what we're doing. We can't let that affect our attitudes because it'll creep over into our marriage. I always tell people marriage is like a garden. I got this from you, Pastor, years ago, and, I, uh, and I've, I've never forgot it. It's that you can't just enjoy the fruit because the fruit doesn't come without a lot of work. I mean, you got to prep the ground. 100%. You got to pull the yeah. weeds. You got to put some fertilizer on it. You got to make sure you might need some insecticide on there. You and then you get to enjoy the fruit. It's it's a process. So when people get married and just think it's all going to be fruit all the time, you, they don't realize that it's in that process where you learn to appreciate it, isn't it? Oh, we're in the stage right now where we're reaping the fruit of our relationship. And uh, again, Debbie and I went through what everybody else goes through. There were times that things got messy. And it would have been a lot easier at that moment to leave than to stay. Mm. But not in an overall picture. Uh, I just got through with a message uh, uh, some time ago, uh, just a few couple weeks ago, about how that we as Christians are making a building according to Paul and Corinthians. And a building process is always messy. It's chaotic, it's dirty, whatever, whatever. And so we're going to go through those messy things to build anything of any value. And marriage is going to get messy sometimes. And there are going to be times we're tempted to divorce or whatever. Debbie and I didn't. We got through all the messiness, and now we're eating the fruit so of our labor. I have a very unique perspective that a lot of people don't have. Okay. I was able to grow up in, in uh, the home of a pastor and, uh, and see your lives and, and see our family's life from um, a uh, spectator's kind of point of view, but also part of it. And I was able to see the, um, the, the issues that you guys had, grow, uh, you know, that we all had growing up and how our lives were not perfect. And I would see you on the pulpit and you would talk about these issues. You wouldn't spell it out or give all the dirty laundry every week, thank God. But you, you, would, you would be open in talking about the struggles. And so I'm able to see it happen. See, what happens is I think when people go to church or if they're in a meeting or they hear some, some leader talking, they think, well, that person's talking like they know my struggles, but they don't really know my struggles. Right. They're, I'm not, they're not really like me. Right, but but we are like yes, them. Yes. We one hundred percent are. <laughs> the only reason that we're here doing this is because this is where God has planted us, right? And that's it. And so wherever God has planted you, you're no different than us, right? Josh, right? I remember something you probably don't, and I, hopefully these kind of things helped you to turn into the person you are today. But there was one time that I got very mad. I came in and blew it totally, and I threw something and broke something. And uh, scared everybody. I was just really upset. I just did that last week, so we're good. <laughs> well, long story short, you don't remember this part I do. I hung my head afterwards. I'm sorry. And I asked you or your sister when I said, would you pray for me? I need, I need prayer. And I think at that point, hopefully you saw that we're all human, but I knew where to go. Well, I, I think, need you to pray for me right now. I think the worst thing that a parent can do, and, and I know we're talking about marriage, but that's no, part it's of part, part of, of it. Yeah, part one of the it. one of the worst things that a parent can do is to pretend like there there's nothing wrong when there is something wrong. Mm. We even uh, my wife and I even we'll, we'll even we'll, we'll apologize to my daughters. They're little. Yes, we'll say, "Hey, mommy and daddy had an argument, and we shouldn't have done that, and we're sorry." And they'll look at us and go, "Okay, yeah." Well, I use this you illustration. Know? And it's, 
here's this illustration over the years. Let's say that I go to McDonald's Sunday after church, mm-hmm. and Debbie and I get our burgers and get our fry and our Coke, and we're sitting down, and we get into a bad argument, a bad one. And I say, I take a little Coke and throw it on her. And then she takes a hamburger and throws it across a few fries at me, and we get all into it right there. And then we look over, and we see somebody from the church set at a table over there. Mm-hmm. Now, we have two alternatives. <laughs> Let's say we go over and go, hey, we do this every week. We play around. She, she's had to go take a phone call. She's laughing. Oh, no, nothing nothing bad at all. Or let's say we go over and go, I am so ashamed you had to see that. Mm. I've had a bad week, and right now that was a sin. Would you please pray for us? Which of those two is going to have the more positive effect on that family? And, and you know, I think... I think the reason that that stuff doesn't happen as often is because the church doesn't see itself as family, right? If we are the body of Christ and that couple over there is my, my foot, yeah. right? Like, right. I'm going to treat them differently if I realize that they're actually part of me. Right. And, and I think that that's one of the things in the church that we need to double down on is the fact that when one of us is hurt, all of us is hurt. Yeah, it's true. And that starts in the home. But it also branches out, and and I think our goal, my goal as as a uh, as a family, uh, my wife and I's goal as a family is to be solid enough to help other people in our community, yeah. right? And that's your goal too. Yeah. And that's what we want to do, and like that's that's the idea is that if you can grow as a, if you can be strong as a family, and when I say yeah. strong, I mean I mean the ability to be weak when you need to be weak, the ability to say I need right. help when you when you need help. Yep. The, the the ability to, to say, hey, I'm pliable. I'm gonna move back and forth here. I'm gonna ask you guys for help when mm-hmm. I need it, but we're gonna be strong when we can, right? Like there's a difference, there's a difference in what well, I think what I'm trying to say is there's a difference in trying to be strong and being strong because your foundation is on God. Tom, you have some friends in the Jewish community, and what I appreciate so much about that community and going to Israel and kind of kind of being an observer is how much they value family and not oh. just not just not just the the you know the mother father the children they 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 value their community as family well you know and, and there again Josh has talked about Ben Shapiro and what Ben did when he left Sherman Oaks is he found a strong Jew and he shared it on his podcast Daily Wire he found a strong Jewish community in, Orlando, in Florida, and that's where he chose to move as his company moved to Tennessee. So family was important because they do have a Jewish community in Tennessee, but he felt his family would thrive more, and, and so that was a huge portion of, so they, people put a priority on those things. Like, right. well, if I move, if I move jobs, yeah. you know, and I, and I do a think foundation. that, yeah, well, you know, I, I, I think that as husband and wives, you know, come together and they have that. One of the beautiful things that I've seen Pastor Ron talk about with his wife and others, and I've watched you guys and I've watched my own marriage, but that becoming one flesh, the Bible says it's a mystery, doesn't it, Pastor? Yes. And, and, and it is a mystery until you start seeing it, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, you know I, I remember my wife and I getting married. We love fitness together. We loved eating healthy. We love those things. But as we started merging more together, we yeah. started liking other things. Yeah. You know, you always hear couples say, well, you get married long enough, you'll finish each other's sentences. Right. That's kind of that process that, that you, you do go through those things. You know, it's cool. And uh, so, so as, as marriages may disagree on a lot of things, because my wife and I don't agree on everything still. You know, she has an opinion, and I have an opinion. She's very um, t- type A personality, so am I. But the one thing that we agree on is we're better together. Yeah, we are better together in all yep. circumstances. Yep. And and one of the things we try to do, and Pastor Ron taught us that, is that we don't show the chink in our armor in public, 
maybe, you know, you know, my kids see it, but you're not going to see us divided out there. And I think sometimes husbands and wives will maybe have a friend, they'll, you know, you got to be able to talk to friends, but I think you should always protect the sanctity of marriage. Well, I was going to say something, I'm going to leave it to the end, Tom, because I've written down, I'm a student during this podcast, um, very much so, and so I've written down five takeaways that I want to share at the end, and you just gave me a really solid one. But well, 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 let me finish my comment, because if, if I tear Tiffany down yes. in public, what am I doing? And I've heard Pastor Ronix, yes. I've seen him, I've seen him and Debbie uh, share this on stage, and I remember the impact it met on me. I mean, I, if I'm tearing her down to somebody else, I, I can't, I mean, but what does that say about me? Yeah. I'm supposed to leave yeah, the family. I, I mean, I think the responsibility has always come back. And, you know, if you're out there and you're a wife, you know, you got to just try to be the best godly wife you can be. If you're the husband, be the best godly husband you can be. And I think you're going to get closer together. And I think, Pastor, you've always given that little A illustration that if God is at the yeah. top of the ladder illustration, yeah. that the closer the husband gets to the, la- the top, with meaning God, and the woman does, they come naturally closer together. Well, the Bible together. says the wife is the glory of the husband. Yes. And if she's not shining, if you show me a man in ministry and show me a beaten down, depressed, discouraged woman, that says something about the man. Yeah. Uh, and so if your wife's beaten down and, and she's unhappy and on and on, then you need to look in the mirror because you have something to do with that. Yeah. I think also, too, one of the traps where people, marriages fall into, especially when they get out of that first, second, third year, is trying to duplicate or replicate somebody else's marriages or uh, somebody else's marriage or the expectation of what their marriage should be. Um, you know, whether that comes from in-laws, your in-laws saying, well, you guys should be here and you guys should be doing it like this or somebody saying, you guys need to do it like this. And the truth is, your marriage is your marriage, and, mm-hmm. I, and you have to own that, and it's going to be different, and it's not going to look the same. Now, will you have role models in marriages? Yes, you'll look at different couples, and you'll learn from them. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the, the, the path that you're on, the, the thing that you're doing, is going to be so uniquely to you guys, and you will have to work that out. And don't worry about if you're, you know, if you're in year two and you haven't been able to buy a house yet, but you know, you know somebody that's in year two, and they, they have three houses. Don't look at that and yeah. say, well, we're not a right, you know, move one step at a time with you guys yeah. and, and own that because that's huge because if you start comparing your marriage to other people's marriages and go, we don't, they, they fight way less than we fight or we fight, you know, whatever you start comparing, you're going to find yourself let me, in a Let trap. me even add to that, Vince, because I do agree with that. Uh, the Bible says that uh, the man is to leave his father and mother mm. and the woman is to leave her father. They're supposed to leave and cleave to one another. Very often, our spouses have come from a marriage where, you know, it's this way and that way. Yeah. And the guys come from a different opposite one. And they're both kind of demanding that our marriage be like that one. For example, and I've used this before many times, you know, you look at some of the marriages around us, and the husband, man, he can fix everything, and he's this type of person. And I'm very comfortable in our marriage that my wife knows how to fix things better than me. Mm. As I've joked very often in the Mm -hmm. pulpit, I, I hold the ladder for her. Um, and so you can't pattern your marriage after somebody right. else. You got to say, this is what works for us. Yes. And it works well for us. Yeah. Uh, you want me to give you something right now that'll humble you out? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I did this in the marriage retreat. It's going to humble you out. And that is take a piece of paper and write down your, your spouse and your name, and then write down the ways she serves you mm. and the ways you serve her. Mm-hmm. And then see... Who has the most on the list? I want to tell you now. I don't want to play that game. My wife, I know. my wife 
really outdid me on the oh, list. Right. <laughs> Does that humble you, though, a little bit? And we're to be the servant of our wife? But 100%. very often she's serving us a whole lot more than we're serving her. Yeah, it's true. I, I was on another podcast at a Valentine's special, and we did that, and basically we had to answer this. And, you know, said, what percentage does, you, you know, husband do in your marriage? And my wife put 10% and I put zero. Yeah. And she goes, I was just giving you the benefit of the doubt <laughs> that your answer is more correct. Mm. And I was like, yeah, wow. it, it, it was. I mean, it was, it was yeah. you know, but she was still trying to bless me by giving me 10%. Well, I think, no, I think knowing your roles too and what you, and it sounds bad knowing your role and what you bring to the table, like, but. I think there are different, like like you said, Pastor. Like you know, your wife's really good at fixing stuff, and you let her accept that. She role, loves doing and it, and she loves it. It's it's Hannah comes in and she's able to bless me in such a way where she knows I'm just not good at the things that she does, and she go, she owns those things. But there are times where I need where I come in, and she's like, I really need your help, and it's up to me to own those things that she needs help in, and 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 that's what makes that marriage so great is because our marriage for us is that, you know, being able to own our roles and know exactly what we're doing. And I'm it, obviously, if you know, you might, you might be listening and thinking, well, is her role washing the dishes? No, we have kids for that. Duh, that's what <laughs> your kids are for. <laughs> Just kidding. But, you know, um, you know, it might be something, but that doesn't mean that I don't cross over the boundaries and help her in the other roles or help in those other areas. I just know that when we serve one another and we, we play, we, the gifts that God's given us and the things that we're good at, as we do those, Individually, they combine when and you work love, together. You receive love, and that is yeah. a yeah. that is a law from yes, God. And every relationship is transactional. It is. It, that's just the truth. Well, but it doesn't mean it doesn't mean yeah. that that's why you have the relationship. Yeah, it, you love right because you have been loved, and you right. I mean, God loved yeah. us, so we love Him. But a lot of times, we're the ones giving back, and so in our marriage, like in my marriage. My wife loves me, and I'm like, man, I need to love her. I really need to love her, right? Right. And I mean, it's well, that's just the Bible in Corinthians. That's why it says I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get, uh, I'm gonna get bad feedback from that, but I, I can defend it. So. No, 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 I, 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 we had, we had, we had a conversation the other day at lunch. Is I like that you bring this up because we talked about transactions, and you guys were talking about transactional relationship. I, I don't disagree with that statement. My thing is that I don't think about the things that I'm doing as trans. Like no, if I do this, not. then my wife owes me this. That or should not I, be your your. your but point I of think view. that in marriages that does happen, where people are like, "Well, I, well, you know, babe, I clean the house now. I expect you to do this, right. or you know, or it even plays into like sex. You know, right. hey, I yeah, I did this for you, so I expect this from you. Right, and, right. And it's I think a problem. That, that it's a problem. mentality of transactions in the, in your. Let me let me put it this yeah, way. Yeah. Our transactional thought or our transactional ways should be God loved me, right? So then I should pass that love on to the people around me. And my my wife or my uh, or if you're uh, if you're uh, I'm not gonna say my husband. My if you are a woman listening to this, your husband, but your or wife, you know what I'm saying? Spouse. Getting is getting weird again, like the beginning. <laughs> Well, yeah, I no, here's my. Here, no, I, I know you're going your to a spouse. Thought. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You should you should just make sure. That you are loving them the way that God loved but you. But what if the and transaction is, is so big, like the the cross? Because I like that you're saying, "Well, God, that transaction's so big that I can't even." Because I'm like, I can't even pay that back. And if I think about it, like, right. you know, how do you pay that back? You know, you pay and, it forward is what you do. And, sure, and that's the thing, like, right? But I'm not thinking about how do I. I'm not thinking. Okay, if God, I got to pay this. Back. If God put a million dollars in your bank account, that's okay. a transaction, right? That's a transaction. Sure, and He's given us way more than that. With, with eternal Way more, life, right. with love, but with I grace. know, but I know that I can't pay it back. But I like what you said, pay it forward. But it's not. Yeah, I'm not thinking about why well, I got to pay this because when you have to, when when the bill collector calls and says you have to pay something back, right? 
That's different than what saying if your wife I can never. What if your wife stopped talking to you? Okay. Hmm. Some of you say, "Praise the Lord." <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, but then, <laughs> but somebody's <laughs> like, "Hallelujah." <laughs> but what I'll do you? That's for. funny. But what happens? What happens is if your wife says, "I'm going to take a vow of silence, but only toward you." Right. What happens to that relationship? Yeah, well, um, there'd without be a lot of questions without communication. Yeah, you're you, dead. It'll die. Yeah, it'll yeah. Die. Well, we're getting into the weeds. But, but I, I just think that... No, no, no. I, I like what you're saying. I substitute think it's the word transaction for covenant. That's great. Or devotion. Because I spoke a lot at the marriage retreat on covenant. It's yeah. a right. covenant, and that's totally different. Right. Yeah. But going back to what you were saying, Josh, in Corinthians, Paul told us... Right. ...that Christ is over the man and man's over the woman. Yeah. And so... The way Christ loves us, we're to love the woman. So, and there is hierarchy. There but, is. So, in, just, so in the just so I don't get crucified online, um, the transactional thing that I'm talking about is we receive from God, so then we should give to others, yeah. right? I like and pay it forward. It's, it's like a pay it, it forward. Yeah, I understand type of that. Transactional. So, yeah. so, so it's not that I expect anything necessarily from my wife, right? Uh, but I, I hope and I and I want her to receive and I want her to give to me too because I want it to be a good relationship. Right. Well, you know, it's, it, it, I'm going to jump in here real quick and I think I'm going to help you a little bit. May not. I don't know. But but, <laughs> but, but, but I want to put some. You know, I brought some, a shovel. May make it worse. I brought a shovel with myself with, with me. Well, well you know, I, I, careful, I, Tom. As we go through, things, I told you guys I didn't want to talk about marriage, man. I just, I, I, I just, just no, so you guys I, I know. like your point. I, I'm sorry, Tom. I'm glad we were able to dig that up because I think that I think what you're saying is right. I just think there's a well, lot. Of, it gets misused. Well, well, and I think it even. I say, a lot of, I say a lot of things also to get a rise out of Let people. Let Tom get his point in here. Yeah. Right. Well, He's well, trying. Well, guys, I right. think when Fair people enough. have expectations, sometimes they're unfair. You know, what has caused anger, Pastor? You've told me this for years. Mm-hmm. Unfulfilled or unmet expectations mm-hmm. get you angry. So when you come into a marriage and you have an expectation, Sometimes you have to let your, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give this analogy because there's 12 years difference between my wife and I. I say that a lot, but people don't really get it, so I'll say it this way, and it sounds wrong. When I graduated high school, my, gra- or my wife graduated kindergarten. So it puts things in perspective. A lot of people think, well, that's wrong. <laughs> she was six, and I was 16. So, so as, as we go out there, my wife and I came into our marriage, and we both, I, I had lived, I'm older than her, so I had lived my life always doing their finances, mm. even in my, ex, my, my, my previous marriage of 11 years. So when she came into my marriage, she wanted to do the finances. And, in, and my expectation was I was going to do the finances. I realized real quick that she wanted to do them a lot more than I wanted to do them. And it wasn't a battle that I wanted to, I didn't want to die on that hill, as you say that a lot yep. faster. Yep. That wasn't the hill I was going to die on. So I let her have it. Mm. I said, honey, this is a big deal for you. Mm. It was part of your nesting experience. Mm. I'm going to give that up and relinquish my, you know, you know, that, so you do it. So every time that we get into an argument, she goes, well, fine. Why don't you do the finances? I go, don't tease me. I've been waiting 30 years for this opportunity. <laughs> but once I get them, I'm not giving them back. You know, so 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 we 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 have that discussion, and she still wants to do it more than I am. So she retracts. Is she better at it? Yes. Yeah. Well, wait, but she's closer to the ground than I am. Yeah. You know, she's yeah. boots on the ground, and 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 so when I say that, I mean it's expectations you come into. Sometimes those expectations can yes. seem transactional, yes. right? My, my teaching at the couples retreat was on expectations of yes. marriage, mm. and. Uh, and so, and I wasn't well, there because I stayed back. Because going, going back to that, going back to that, my wife does our finances. I couldn't tell you as I'm sitting here today <laughs> if I have five thousand dollars in savings or if I have fifty thousand in savings. I don't know, and I don't want to know. 
because it stresses me out and I'm not good at it. So I just ask her, can I buy something? Yeah, I want to buy something for $10,000. Like can I buy it? She'll say, yeah, go ahead and buy it. I'll go, woo, I love it. If she starts saying no a lot, though, you might want to look at like, uh, wait, what, why well, can't we get well, that? Well, there are, there are certain times in our, our, our marriage, my wife would go, hey, FYI, no strange expenses. And I get that. Yeah. Don't, I don't think, buy something on eBay. I think you guys are probably going to uh, come against what I'm going to say. You're probably want to up me here one. <laughs> But Ooh. we need to celebrate the differences Amen. in our relationships. Oh, no. That's not, not put up with them, but celebrate them. Yeah. Now, I don't think, and this is where you're going to probably not, you'll probably try to up me one here, but I doubt very much any of your marriages out there can be a whole lot different than Debbie and I are from each other. We are total polar opposites mm. in every area. Now, does anybody think they can beat me at this? I no, mean, I don't no, think anybody. No, no, we are polar opposites in every area. Tiffany and I agree on so much. I mean, yes. I, I think we're probably 78% agreeing. So that's I, I, think, I, I love what you said about the differences. That was one of the things we talked about in our session because we were talking about the show Survivor. Um, and, and if you ever watch it, the original, they let everybody pick a tool in the beginning. Like, what do you want? A knife, a rope, some matches. And they kind of, and so again, it, it's what do you bring to the table? And then those differences is where you're able to be successful. So if, if both people grab matches, well, you can only light a fire, but you can't chop the wood. So you need somebody to grab hey, the axe, you have to have and, you, and you need to have yes. somebody to grab the match. And so, and so for you guys, watching you guys, being really close to you guys, Pastor, cool. um, it is a true ying and yang. Like, you know, she is the, the honey to your... Um, yin your, yang. Your, yeah, it's, it, it's perfect. It's a per so you see a lot of stuff get accomplished I mean, everything. out of that. Extrovert, introvert. Yeah. But like, for example, I'm very impulsive. She's a planner. And we're, we're totally opposite. So let me say to you people out there listening and watching... That there are some differences in your marriage that are never going to change. You've got to accept them. For example, let's say that, okay, we're going to go on, to, on a trip here the next week. And, and let's say that, uh, let's say it's Thursday and we're going on a trip on Friday. Debbie started packing her bags on Tuesday for this Friday trip. She's got everything laid out. Everything's there. I won't start packing till five hours before the plane's going to leave. Yep. She was going to go somewhere else. <laughs> and so uh i'm just saying i i could name all yeah the, the the differences between me and debbie it's totally crazy what, what what's the uh uh old phrase too that opposites attract mm. and then they attack mm. and so we need to celebrate the differences of our spouse so, yep. i mean I'm, I'm glad we have differences so I, i'm gonna just go back to this transactional idea one more time and i know i shouldn't <laughs> but i'm going to you're trying to dig yourself out you got no, the shovel. you didn't dig yourself no, out. No, no, it was no, a good no. point I, I think that what vince is trying to say and you'll, you'll you tell me if i'm wrong okay um is that you can't have expectations like you can't have unreal uh, you, you just can't come in and say i expect them to do this and this and this right and if they don't then right. i'm gonna punish them right that's that's different because people use that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure but I'm gonna um, I'm gonna use an old business uh, saying uh, that I think applies to marriage. And again, I'm not I'm not on the uh, the couples the official couples retreat uh, staff, so uh, you know take it for with a grain of salt. But there's an old business saying: uh, never over uh, what is it over um, overcommit overcommit never overcommit and underdeliver yep. always undercommit and over and overdeliver. Over and yep. I think that as, as a husband. If I can just say, honey, I'm going to take care of you, but then work really, really hard and even do more than she expects, then that's going to be probably a good thing right. right, in my marriage. And she's going to see that that's done through love, right? And so, and I'm not going to expect that she does the same, but I know that God's laws are 
that when you love, you receive love. I just right. know that. I right. know that that's the case, and that's been the case in my well, soul and reap law. Yeah, right. And, and I think our our heart should be as we serve our spouse um, that we constantly want to over deliver. It's not that we're trying to. to. It's yeah. not trying to undersell. And if and where does that true love come from? Yeah. I believe it comes from God. Yeah. Right. The more I, the more I'm in tune with God, the more I'm in prayer, the more I'm in the uh, the study of the Word and hearing God speak. Like the more I want to love my wife, the mm-hmm. more I want to love my kids. And my wife's easy to love, right? Very easy to love. But there's a deeper kind of love that happens when God is involved. I love that three, the three people yeah. or the three uh, individuals or the three. It's actually, yeah. Elohim. The, it's Elohim. It's, the, it's God in three persons. So it's actually, it, it gets confusing. It's actually five. But anyway, it's a, that's semantics. The, the idea is that God is in the middle of your marriage, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, so I have I have a few takeaways. Do you want me to finish with those? Uh, I got well, I got several lines to go down yet. I mean, I, uh, you guys are good. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I just good. got out of a marriage retreat, so I got a lot to go. This could even become uh, two podcasts. We talked yeah. about that on the way up. I have I have probably eight well, more. I have things to go to that, the bathroom, so I feel like we're gonna have to end it sooner than later, or I'm gonna have to. <laughs> Josh, just go to has the that ever stopped you? I think you've um, no, left just, us before. Yeah, I'll just go. Yeah, you I'll just get up randomly. Well, you know, I I, I I think sometimes you know you have to be able to listen to somebody without responding. And, and I remember when my wife yep. was sick, and I shared with, um, thank you guys out there that uh, got back to me and said they didn't know that my wife had had that experience in the hospital. And so um, after my wife had that experience in the hospital where she had, um, um, all, you know, what, what was told she had 90% chance of not surviving, and she did survive, but she took a moment. She goes, Tom, let me um, tell you that there's no hard feelings because God's already, I've asked God to take me. And I go, but I want to tell you the wife to remarry. And I go, we don't have to talk about that. She goes, we do, because I need to give you instructions. I want to tell you who I want raising my kids. And she and, I, and so to hear that, I, I kept saying, no, we don't need to talk about it. She goes, we do. So I just had to shut up and listen, and she told me the type of characteristic, wanted a godly woman, wanted a woman that would raise them to be strong Christian women. Wild. And so as I listened to that, you know, I just said, okay. And so fast forward many years, kids are growing up, Tennessee and Irvine. She, we were driving back from uh, a trip one night. She goes, so I want to bring uh, uh, up a topic that you and I had when I was in the hospital. And I go, okay, is that important? She goes, yes, it is, because I want to make a correction. And I was like, well, okay. She goes, remember I told you the type of person I went to remarry? I go, yeah. She goes, that was for a reason, because I needed my daughters to have an example to grow old with or, or, or to know. So now that that didn't happen, I just want you to stay single. Something happens to me. I go, was that really important to say? She goes, yeah, I wanted to say that. So, and I go, have you told the girls? She goes, I have. I go, well, deal sealed. But it was just funny. Yeah, deal sealed, I, th- yeah. There was no other thing. I couldn't add to that conversation. Right. I couldn't. I just had to take it and just say, okay, well, let's just see what God does. Well, Josh, maybe we should take it out here and, and, and make an exit. But I will say one thing in the end, that we need to make our spouses our friends. Mm. You know, it might be easy to divorce a spouse but it's not easy to divorce a, a, your best friend. Well, that's going to be a whole different thing. Or even a life partner. That's, that's somebody hard. that you are in your best partnership friend. with, you know. Yeah. And and that's that's very true. Uh real yeah. quick, can I can I give you guys these five takeaways that I took from you guys? Sure. Vince, uh from you I got relationships. I don't even know how I got this. I I wrote these notes okay. down. It's not that's necessarily right. what you said. All right. It's what I heard. Uh relationships ships, <laughs> excuse me. Relationships cleanse us of our stubbornness and pride. Okay, good. Right? I love that. They just do. Um, Pops, uh, dad, uh, I, I call him Pops, he's my dad. Uh, relationships are used to uncover issues that live under the surface, right? 
And I think about the uh, they, they're saying that these viruses live under the ice that's melting. You know, they've been there right. for thousands of years. Right. It's like relationships are used to bring these things up from the surface, right? To melt the, that ice. Uh, three, uh, Dad, you, uh, you also said um, that hierarchy, uh, you were talking about hierarchy, and I wrote down these. You didn't necessarily say this, but I wrote down that hierarchy is the way God brings unity, mm. right? If there wasn't a hierarchy, then we would never be forced to work together. Never. Um, and be so total if, there's, if there's complete equality in a, in a relationship or any type of business. Or, uh, and might I say too, Josh, about that takeaway point you have, this hierarchy, um, you know, if it's done right, I know sometimes it intimidates people when we go, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that says Christ is over man, man's over the woman, that Eve was Adam's helpmate. If this is done properly, and I don't have time to go into it a lot, no one's going to not like the system. It'll be beautiful. It, for example... Let's say if man is in a position over the woman and he serves her like he's supposed to and loves her, and man, I want to make sure one of my priorities in life is to make sure every need of my wife is met. She's never going to rebel against that. He's like, I like this. This is cool. In in your mother and I's life, uh, throughout all of our 53 years, uh, there's only been two or three times in our entire life that she's come to me and said, look, we've been arguing over this and debating. We can't make this decision. It's been three months now. And so I'm going to recognize you as God's ordained leader of our household to do what you think we should do. But you better be right. But I, I'm gonna, you, you need to do what God tells you to do because I trust that God puts you in that position. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I don't have time to get into it, but I'm just saying, if you do this thing right, no one's going to rebel. It's absolutely gorgeous if you do it right. Yeah, so I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, no, points. no. I love that because I, I just I thought that. I was thinking, man, people have such an issue with this hierarchy thing, but it's it's God's way of forcing us to work oh, together. Yeah. Right? Can yeah. I add, it makes it work. I know we're landing. Can I add to that? And you can tell me if I'm right or wrong on this. There's a lot of, you've earned that trust where you've led your family long enough to yes. say, yes, you can do it. Because maybe there are some guys that haven't, you might say, well, I want my wife to follow me. Yeah. But they haven't, they don't. They haven't earned that yet. They haven't. They haven't submitted to God, and therefore they don't. Deserve my wife they've did. Over, s- they've overcommitted and underdelivered. Yeah. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, because yeah. they haven't right. convinced. My wife did say right. a while back. Do you back, see what I'm saying? She, yeah, a while back she did tell me. She says, "You know, I've watched God lead you, and I've seen where He's taken you. Yeah. And even if you're wrong, I see God loves you so much He'll turn it out for good." Romans eight twenty eight. Right. But but it's it's a lot written in the Bible about this, and it's something that we need to uncover. Right. Probably more, especially with younger relationships. Well, and, uh, Hannah, let's. She, she, we were talking as we were preparing for the marriage retreat. She, uh, she was saying, I, I do let you do your thing, um, and I will follow you because I know you will, you will every blood, sweat, and tear to see yeah. the th- thing through, and you will commit to it. And mm-hmm. she's like, and I trust that. And I, and I was like, babe, I appreciate that. But, let's go back to that system of authority again, though. Yeah. Uh, the Bible says that wives are to submit their husband. You know, you know, nowhere in the Bible does it tell a wife to love her husband. Mm. Yep. It says, you know, wives are to submit to your husbands, and that is a positional thing. But I believe truly in our marriage the last 10 or 15 years, I have submitted to my wife Mm. more than she submitted to me because I feel like my wife at one point in time had grown to be a more godly person than I did, that I was. And she was speaking God's will more than I was. And I'm going, I have to submit to that because that's God's will. We live in a culture where we have to submit to other human beings is what it is. You have a boss or you have a a client or you have a congregation, uh, a board. We have all these people that we have to submit to, right? But to me, that's always practice for submitting to God. That's what it should be. Yes. 
right? That's good. Well, well, pastors always said something. If you can't submit to a human being, how can you submit to something spiritual that you never see? I I always remember when pastors said that. You know, my my wife gave me the biggest compliment one time, and I didn't think it was a compliment. She says, I can tell you this. She goes, I don't tell Tom I love him a lot, but I do love him, but I respect him. And she goes, and and she sat there and she explained it. She goes, I know my husband will do whatever it takes to provide for me and the girls. Mm. He has to go work at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. He has to go to McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Whatever he has to do, he'll do it. And I was like, huh. Because I got it. I mean, we're trying to. That's a compliment. Well, it is. But when when you hear it, it's like. Men and women are built different, so let's just leave it there, right? I mean, there, <laughs> yeah. there, there's a chemical, there's a compound that drives both of us, and I think God knew how he made them. And I think if you don't study Scripture, you don't get it from that side of it, you're never going to see the purpose of an institution that yeah. God sanctioned, which is Josh, marriage. Josh, I don't know if you finished your list. And by the way, to all our listeners, we over talk over each other all the time. That's our style. Yes. And it doesn't bother us. That's just the way we do it. Somebody, uh, Vince and I and a couple of my friends the other day, uh, we were just talking. We were just, we were just shooting the breeze, just hanging out like we do. And he's like, you guys sound like you're from Boston or something. What's going on here? And I was like, <laughs> it's just how we talk. I don't real, know. Real quick, two things I want to say, and if you want to end of these or if you're through with your list. But, I just uh, have to go to the bathroom, so. Uh, okay, real no quickly. Worries. Uh, always <laughs> know that you have to forgive. There's no yeah. option. And forgiveness, I've, par- I've defined it this way for years. Forgiveness doesn't mean that what that person did to you isn't going to hurt you, and it doesn't hurt you, and it might hurt you for your lifetime, but you choose to let them go free. That's forgiveness. And uh, so we need to be quick to forgive, and then we're also, and I taught the people this in the marriage retreat, the D word needs to be gone. Mm. We made a vow before God that for better or for worse, we would not divorce. Right, unless there's and, abuse, then uh, that's a different Well, now, now let's go situation. back. Yeah, this is... I just wanted to make that clear because... Well, in the Bible, we're given two reasons for divorce, and I think we can add two of them as we see the spirit of the letter, but desertion and a spirit of immorality. It's not just a one-time act. For example, if your spouse goes out and is unfaithful one time, that is not a grounds in the Bible for divorce uh, because God expects us to love beyond that. But if they have a spirit of adultery, a spirit of immorality, where it just keeps happening and happening, the Bible says, you know, you can go ahead and divorce for and that. I, and I, but I we got to add abuse and a couple abuse, other things to abuse it. Abuse falls under desertion to me. I, know, I, I think that we have to use our brain. You know, right. Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7, he's talking about marriage. He says, here's what God said. Right. But he said, I'm going to add to that with Paul my apostolic authority. Yeah, sure. And so I think child abuse is a reason for divorce. Mm. Yeah. Uh, child molestation, obviously, is a reason uh, for yeah. divorce. And we can fit all these into yeah. the biblical role. Right. But I do think once we take the D word out, as Vince said earlier, and we go into marriage with the expectations, outside of these three or four things, there is no way I can divorce. Right. Then you're going to look at marriage a whole different way. You're going to work harder on your problems. There are those three or four things. But most marriages are not going to encounter those three or four things, and most divorces are not because of those three or four things. They're they're because of a host of incompatibility. That's a big one today, mm-hmm. and I think attorneys just made up that word. I don't think that word even exists. It's when well, they throw not, their not hands. in the confines I, of, of, of of Christian marriage. Because my first divorce, all my divorce papers, I still have them. My wife filed them, and it says unreconcilable differences. Mm-hmm. Now, now, now that 
is a funny word to me because I knew what the problem was. I was the problem. <laughs> My infidelity was yeah. the problem. There wasn't any irreconcilable differences. I, I've told people before, I knew Tommy was screwed up. I didn't know how to get unscrewed up until I met Christ. Mm. At, when Pastor Ron came out one day and said, man, if, man, if you if, if you didn't blow it this week, give me 55 minutes <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll help you not. Yeah. And I go, that's what's wrong with me. I, I you know, I mean, so, so irreconcilable. Irre- jo- Josh has got to go. Yep. I will I'm say this, I will say this much right here that God wouldn't take all the problems out of your marriage if he could, because he wants to use those problems to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ. And your wife needs to be sandpaper for you, and you need to be sandpaper for her. With that, we can end and you can yep. go. Uh, just, I love you guys. Got to go to the bathroom. I'll see you later. Right? Bless you. All right, bye. You're like a piece of